0: hello everybody and welcome to episode number three of daffy's roundtable today's guest is one of the most badass people i follow on instagram he spends his days working with gators caimans and a whole list of other crazy animals um i'm super super excited for this one everyone please help me welcome chucky from mad Bio reptiles
1: all right we're in here thanks for having me bro finally thank you for coming on man yeah this has been a long time coming I know, I know, but we did it, we're here now and we're gonna Finally. get it going, yep. Can you just let everybody know before
0: we get into the, the questions? I have a lot of questions for you, but before we get into them, how do you get started keeping reptiles? Where does your love for animals come from? Um, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <Straight> <laughs>
0: Good up, answer, know. next. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I guess like growing up, for some reason, I was always in the backyard catching ants and snakes and iguanas. I uh, was born and grew up in Puerto Rico, so nice. it's not as many reptiles as over here. But there's a couple of different things that I got to catch, tarantulas included. Uh, I don't have any memory of where it started. I think like growing up with like certain traumas and certain like things you go through as a kid, like bullying and stuff like that. Like you end up like finding something to release that you yep. to distract you so I think animals and nature and uh catching and, and learning and all those things uh was put, pulling me away from all the bad things happening in life
0: that's awesome man yeah I completely agree with that it's uh it's a good form of distraction and and once you start learning about them there's so much to learn that you it's it's endless right absolutely um, to this yeah. day <laughs> to this day yeah 100
1: that's awesome
0: Um, So I do want to ask you about your job and where you work. But before we do that, are you currently keeping any species at home and what are you keeping?
1: Uh, So I have mostly, so when I started doing uh, keeping reptiles, uh, I was watching a lot of ball python breeders, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. So I am stuck with a whole bunch of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a whole bunch of ball pythons, different morphs, but I don't want to be a breeder. It's not the thing for me. Once I started working with other species like crocodiles and alligators and lizards, I it just, it just blew me away how much more there was than like being a breeder. So I do have a handful of ball pythons. I have a corn snake that I found in the wild. It's uh, an albino. Uh, it was probably Great. released by someone. I'm thinking it's pretty big. Uh, I have a Texas rat snake, two leopard geckos that I rescued. Uh, what's in here? Well, outside I have iguanas. I have green iguanas. I have a spiny tailed iguana here. I have a night uh, All three of those were wild caught here in Florida. All three of those are invasive in Florida. And I have a giant day gecko outside of as well. And I think that's all I have, I think think
0: always forget a few kids huh um that's awesome i actually do want to get into the whole invasive species and uh uh catching wild caught and keeping wild caught animals because here in canada uh or specifically in ontario it's completely illegal to keep any uh, native animals completely illegal to catch and keep even if it's um actually i don't know if it counts for invasive species i need to look into that but you shouldn't
1: yeah you shouldn't it, it shouldn't be it illegal. shouldn't right yeah, so i know for example
0: illegal. for red-eared sliders are invasive uh where we are right now and i know that you are allowed to take them out but i don't know if you're allowed to keep them once you pull them out you know what yeah, I mean? yeah
1: yeah that is true that's here too uh they're illegal here both to keep or to like just to have them in general uh right now our green iguanas too you can't catch them anymore uh they're illegal here now so like i had to get a permit to be able to keep them okay awesome
0: and then, so what, what are they doing now that they're still invasive, there's still a lot of them and people can't take them, keep them. What's the, Is the, do they have a solution or a plan in place?
1: Um, I mean, the solution, I mean, it depends who you ask, right? Okay.
0: Uh, of course, it, always. <laughs>
1: yeah, it depends who you ask. Uh, the solution is pretty much, there's a couple of restaurants killing them down and uh, making food out of them, which is a way to get rid of them. Uh, for those, for the green iguanas at least, there's nothing for the spiny tails yet. The Burmese pythons, super hard to catch. Uh, so it depends on what species itself. For But for the green iguana itself, uh, they catch and eat them for the most part. Other than that, you cannot catch them and keep them as pets. But with that being said, the reason why they're out there, part of the reason why they're out there is because of irresponsible keepers that have them and release them or that don't like they just sell it to anyone. Like green iguanas here, you could get a baby for $20. Well, when That's they was crazy were there a couple months ago, $20, a kid could walk in, they'll sell it to a kid. It grows up. The kid doesn't want it anymore, releases it, doesn't have the proper enclosure. It makes a hole under the enclosure. It escapes and then it keeps breeding. So a lot of people argue like, oh no, it, they shouldn't be illegal, but also like nobody, well, not that nobody's doing it, but the people that need to be working on this are really not working on it. So I understand why they made it illegal, honestly.
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. And so that's just the green iguanas. That's why you think they're invasive or is that the same for, uh, Burmese pythons and, and spiny tails? Cause I heard, um, I heard the whole story of, of the tornado blowing down a warehouse. Is this, do you know anything about this? Is this true? Or is okay, this-
1: so, so with that, yes. Like there was a facility that got hit. And the facility ended up like losing a lot of animals. Uh okay. there's also a zoo in Kiwi skein. I think it is, if I'm saying it right, Kiwi has a zoo, uh, that is abandoned. And a lot of animals got out there. there is also a American crocodile that lives in there, um, to this day. Yeah. To this day, I've, wow, I Okay. a couple months ago and I saw it, okay. um, but that being said, like, there's not just one zoo is not going to release over 500 invasive species at once of only reptiles right, right. It's like a lot of these animals like we have giant day geckos in the keys that they didn't come from a zoo come on like yeah like the oh, zoo didn't get hit in the keys it got uh hey a little bit higher up so the how did the day geckos get there um the burmese pythons i mean we can't pinpoint exactly where they came from right so it can be breeders it can be breeders selling to unrespons- irresponsible people it could be the zoo that of course got hit And a lot of animals, but like all of that together is what made it. It's not, yeah, you can't pinpoint one place. Cause if you were to pinpoint one place, how the hell are there tegus all the way South? And then there's tegus a little bit farther North and there's tegus on the East and the West, but not in the middle, you know, like there's empty spots in between like this. It's not just one thing. There's no way in hell it's one
0: thing. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then even if that facility got hit, what was it going to have? Two, three four Burmese pythons max. like
1: Yeah, to go that crazy? Absolutely yeah. not. Also, there are some reptile people uh, in certain areas here in Florida that release uh, uh veiled chameleons. And they do it on purpose. They release them on a tree because they'll stay in that area forever. They'll have babies and they come back every year, catch them and sell them at reptile shows. Now, if they make that animal illegal, those are going to be the same people crying about it. But it's like, you, but you, yeah. you did that you You did did this yeah you you did it but they just think about the money at that point
0: i heard about this so they like basically let the breeding happen out in the wild somewhere and then just go and collect it every year
1: yeah absolutely i know people that find the places and they hit them of course they start getting the chameleons out as many as they can Uh, And people it's like a
0: rescue kind of thing
1: yeah. Rescue, well, rescuing the chameleons rescue. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like those people get as intense as trying to shoot people over those lizards. Like it's, wow. It's serious. <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand why those things become illegal. You know, like, it's like, I don't want it to hundred percent. They shouldn't be illegal. We should be able to keep all those things. But if these people are not putting the work to avoid these problems we're having, especially here in Florida, then I get it. Like
0: hundred percent. So it's not just the, the iguanas and the spiny
1: tails and the burmese you guys also have tegus and they get man we could go yeah green iguanas spiny tailed iguanas we have veiled chameleons we have panther chameleons we have uh what is it the jesus lizard forgot the other name for that. the
0: one that walks on water
1: yeah we have those the the brown and the green we have one of the monitors i think it's the nile monitor we have Uh um the Burmese pythons we've had a couple other pythons but not as many um we have giant day geckos we have night anoles we have tons of anoles from the Caribbean we have cane toads we have let's see what else we have oh amivas, which is like a smaller version of a tegu they're smaller and they come from usually the Caribbean we have yeah we have m- none
0: of these are native
1: none of them <laughs> none of them no, uh, like it's over 500 species we have. Oh, like, invasive can, species. Yeah, 500 invasive species. Ooh. I can just go out like right now and then like I know where to look and I can find exactly. All right, this part of Florida, we can find spiny tails, drive over there, find the park, park the car, get out, catch a couple of iguanas and come back. Like I can literally do that.
0: Right, because people were doing that as a kind of, a they were catching them and
1: selling them, Right. Yeah, they were selling them, but again, once like bringing like the circle back into captivity, yeah, bringing them back in, into captivity is fine if you sell it to the right person or if mm. you, but if you're going to sell it and you're going to sell it to anybody, then that animal might be released again, you know. More like, than likely. Yeah, more likely like, if you sell it to a kid for twenty bucks. Like yeah. honestly, it sounds messed up. But I'd rather the animal die than get released again because it messes up with the law and like
0: I no, I agree with that it's 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 the one animal's life versus the whole environment and the ecosystem of the area Mm -hmm. no I agree with that
1: one of the arguments they had uh was because uh the tegu was on this last times uh ban and the argument the U.S. argument is these guys like people make money out of them there's breeders that make money out of them and they, they need to provide for their families but the tegu is eating the American crocodile's eggs which are threatened. there are threatened species, so it's like you love if you really love animals and reptiles, you would also understand we need that crocodile in here. like that we're more than really, you
0: need to keep your pet table.
1: Absolutely, that animal's going to go extinct in Florida, and like that's not fair. Like that's an animal we, we have here and we should be proud of and we should be protecting, but they care more about the keeping and the money that they forget about those species that need the help. 100 percent. That was the American crocodile, huh?
0: And that was, sorry, it was the American crocodile they're eating the eggs for?
1: Yep. They okay. I mean, not
0: like- Not specifically, but they like, those yeah, are the endangered yeah. ones that everyone's worried yeah, about.
1: Yeah, like A lot of people's argument is that the tegu is not like just eating that, or they're like just pinpointing those things out, but just one tegu eating out of one nest is enough. Like that's enough to mess up uh, an environment because a mom could have many, many babies. And of course, Less than fifteen percent survive, for the most part, and then a tegu's gonna eat them. On top of that, it's not fair.
0: It's not fair at all. So, what what is? Are there any conservation strategies in place? Are you guys removing eggs and hatching them in captivity and then releasing babies, or
1: for crocodiles
0: for the American crocodiles? Yeah, is there any projects so, going
1: on? So, for me, since I'm in Central Florida, we don't have any in this area. They're only okay. in North Florida. So, there are some places in South Florida that breed them and release them. There are other facilities that breed them and send them to other zoos for education. And there are, uh, scientists that go out there and do surveys and things like that on them. And of course they're protected. So anything that happens with them, you cannot hunt them. You cannot hurt them. You cannot annoy them. You cannot get close to them. It's just all illegal. And that's the most that of course they can do.
0: So, um, so to get into your job then, since uh, we're talking about crocodiles and gators and everything, are you allowed to disclose first of all, uh, the name of the park you work at, or
1: yeah, I'm I'm okay with that.
0: All right, so can you let us know where you work, what you do, and uh, besides gators and caimans, what other animals do you guys have? You don't have to list them all, obviously, but is it a good mix, mammals and everything, or is it mostly just focused on like reptiles or gators? Or?
1: So I work for Wild Florida here in uh, Central Florida. Uh, I work with mostly uh, I'm part of the Croc Squad, uh, so I work awesome. with alligators, crocodiles, caimans Snakes, lizards, some mammals. Like, but there's another, uh, another team that works with the mammals and everything else like that. But we do have panthers, lemurs, uh, marmoset monkeys. We have ant eaters. We have what else is in there?
0: That's awesome. So like, yeah. a, it's a full park. It's not just a reptile
1: park, then. Yeah, it's a full park. We also have a safari, so people drive their own cars and see uh, giraffes, zebras, bison, and things like that. What else is in there? That is also growing. It's having tons of more land and tons of more animals. Uh, but for me, for the most part, is the reptiles and most importantly the crocodilians.
0: And then, so how do the majority of these species end up in this facility? Is it uh, mostly are you re- like the gators or 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 those animals? Are you mostly rescuing nuisance gators, or are they coming in as uh, rescues from like other zoos or?
1: Every single one has a different story. Uh, So we do have some that are nuisance alligators, which makes the majority of our alligators. So alligators that become threat to people, uh, pets, or livestock, uh, they are supposed to be put down by trappers. But as Wild Florida was opening, they wanted some alligators. So they brought some alligators in. Uh, they can come from nuisance alligator programs. They could come from farms that are closing down. They can come from people that have pet alligators illegally. People that have them, but their licenses expire. Uh, people that get caught and FWC just brings them in. It really depends on the individual animal on how we'll get the alligators themselves. Now crocodiles on the other hand is usually through zoos because most crocodiles come from different parts of the country. So of course we're not gonna have nuisance Cuban crocodiles but uh, they do come from different uh, facilities and then we use them for education.
0: That's awesome. And then you mostly work with the Caymans,
1: I feel from or are you or you have a preference or a love for the Caymans, I feel. And I could touch her teeth and everything and she'd be completely fine. So that's why I made like my merch with her and like all those things. Okay. But I do work mostly with alligators. It's the most I work with. It's alligators.. Uh, cool. Right after Cayman, and then thirdly would be crocodiles. Now I've only been working at this place for about two to three months. So I am not cleared on everything yet. So I haven't been in with all the crocodiles on my own or doing any training with the crocodiles. That's a whole different animal compared to an alligator. So still okay. takes a long time. So it kind of
0: works as it, like in tiers, you go in, you start working with one animal, you get the experience and then you move up a little bit.
1: And Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you just got to show. Like your experience, you got to be honest about your experience. You got to show what you're capable of, show them you're capable of it. And then your doors start opening depending on how you go from there. So like, even if you have crocodile experience, they're not going to put you in with a Siamese crocodile or the Cuban crocodiles off the bat because they have to see how you work first.
0: So it's all different. They all react differently. They all have different behaviors, different personalities.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And do you
0: find different personalities between individuals of the same species so like absolutely yeah absolutely. Okay.
1: especially the gators there's some that are very good at uh training there are some that just are too shy to come over to train there are some that are just too motivated for food that is really hard to get them to train so every single one is different in that aspect uh you can also see who's more dominant than who you can see like just different personalities how they react when i go inside versus when somebody else goes inside you can see all that very cool
0: oh yeah they they recognize different uh humans too absolutely like absolutely and is that sight or the smell like how do they mostly sight they're visual
1: animals so like Let's say you and me are working with an alligator, but you're the one that feeds it. Every time you go inside, he's going to follow you, not me, because he knows you're the one with the food, right? So once he sees you, he'll automatically know, like, oh, this is the guy with the food. The other guy who does the other stuff.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So they, they recognize, like, faces and everything. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. I had no idea.
0: And yeah. is that all, uh, like, gators, crocodiles, caimans?
1: Yep. 100%. Okay. Every single one of them is intelligent enough to do that. Uh, but training-wise, there there are some easier than others. Cayman being the hardest.
0: Caymans are the hardest.
1: Yeah. So cayman. Well, depends what cayman. Of course, we have about I think it's eight cayman species in the world. I'm not mistaken. So if it's uh, the two dwarfs, those guys are so tiny that they even full grown. They're not an apex predator. They have predators that eat them. So when they're full grown, they're still very shy and feel like anything is going to eat them so working with those guys is really hard because they're always going to be hiding an alligator once it's full grown is an apex predator nothing really eats it so they're confident and they swim around not caring about you being around a caiman will always be hiding and then the crocodiles depends on the species as well
0: that makes a lot of sense that's awesome and then those dwarf caimans how big do they get are those the ones that get to five feet or is that like the full size Cayman?
1: Yeah, they could go like five, six feet, sometimes seven for the males. That's rare though. Uh, depends on which one there's two. I think the pop is the smallest, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they say around five to, well, yeah, five feet will be average.
0: Okay, cool. And then the, like the spectacled caiman. How big will that get?
1: They get, sometimes they could get up to nine feet. So in almost
0: a, like a smaller sized alligator.
1: Yeah. Like a female alligator, but thinner and mostly like they, that's like a nine footer is pretty big. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Like that's around there. the
0: rare one that you're not going to see every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be very, very rare, especially here. Like if, if an invasive here in Florida, we have those two actually.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, invasive speckled caimans. Yeah, we have them. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you really can't go in the water anywhere in Florida.
1: <laughs> i do it all the time what do you mean? oh
0: yeah oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> I so how do you is there areas that you know they, they're not around or is there specific like you just keep an eye out for them
1: just keep an eye like you okay. just gotta assume they're everywhere honestly okay you can't say oh this like doesn't have them because one could have just walked in Walk or so i just assume they're everywhere and just move with caution i honestly don't like water that much so I don't get it much, but whenever I do, like I'm cautious. I've seen a couple, they usually just swim away.
0: They Yeah, they, so they usually avoid you unless you're like open target or how does it work?
1: Uh, so alligators, so humans are the only predator to alligators. If you think about it before the Europeans came, the natives were here and they were munching them. alligators. Yep, so alligators naturally are terrified of humans, but if we start feeding alligators, let's say, For example, I feed an alligator hot dogs. He doesn't understand that I have a fridge full of hot dogs. He sees hot dogs coming out of my hands. He probably thinks those are my fingers, right? So I'm throwing hot dogs. He thinks those are my fingers. I stop being a human being to him. I become a hot dog to him. So at that point, I might be fine. I leave. Another person comes by, gets in the water. He sees a swimming hot dog, gives him a good bite. By the time he notices that wasn't food, it's too late. It's too late.
0: Yep. (laughs) So so I've I've heard that we're actually we don't taste that good and they don't prefer us as a meal. Is this true?
1: It's not I don't think it's really about the taste, it's more about the our the shape of our body and how big we are. Alligators like smaller meals like fish, snails, and uh turtles. They love turtles, but we the the shape of our body is not It's not good. They'll have to rip us into pieces and all that. They don't want to do that. They're very lazy animals. especially When it comes to eating, they like everything easy. That's why, like, working with alligators is different than working with crocodiles. Alligators are so chill. They're very still. They're they're, uh, ambush predators. So they stay still. A fish passes by, boom, grabs it. That's how they work. They don't like to spend so much energy on the food itself. Now, crocodiles are the opposite. Okay. Are in for fun. They're out there running outside of water. They can chase things down. They like breaking things into pieces, and that's why their their snout is so different. The crocodile snout is very thin, but that's because they can move it a lot faster than the crocodile. The crocodile, no, the alligator. The alligator's snout is round and very wide. It's too heavy for him to be moving around without wasting so much energy.
0: That's what One of the questions I had written down was. Um, what is like a quick pointer of telling the difference between gators and crocodiles? So I guess you just answered that as well. So the crocodiles are the ones with the, um,
1: it's like a slender word. Okay. So it's like a slender snout. Depends which one too. There's some that are like super thin. There's some that are just like a, like a V shaped. Uh, so they usually have a, a V shaped or a slender, uh, snout than alligators. Alligators uh, snouts is very, very round because of the fact they like to eat turtles and things like that. So that snout that is round is perfect for grabbing the turtle and just breaking it and crushing it. Uh, where a last crocodile last snout is still slender, it grabs the turtle. The turtle's uh, shell is going to overlap the mouth of the crocodile itself. So it's not that good. So what do crocodiles eat then? What are their uh, bigger meals? bigger meals yep they like bigger meals like let's say deer comes in drinks water any type of cattle or anything like that they like to eat those they can eat fish and things like that too but they are in for the fun (laughs) they're in for the fun we do have like i want to see well cubans they well there was an animal in the caribbean called the uh, ground sloth And Cuban crocodiles were eating those big old things. So Cuban crocodiles to this day, even though ground sloths are extinct, they can gallop on land like a dog. Like they can literally run like a dog. The
0: crocodiles.
1: The the Cuban crocodile specifically is really good at it. There are some others that can't, but the Cuban is very, very good at it. And they're smaller and faster. So those guys love the chase alligators once you're outside of water they're too heavy they don't like to run
0: uh so you mentioned before that uh, gators prefer like small meals yep so is it do they eat like the small meals every day or is it like a a chicken a week or how, what's can, their
1: metabolism like they could eat six to 12 times in an entire year and be completely fine small six meals. to 12 times yep most of the times when scientists uh Catch an alligator and they check for the stomach, it's usually empty. Huh. It's usually pretty empty. So these guys, a crocodile, so they don't have to eat that much. They just eat a, a large enough meal. Let's say it catches a catfish. Oh, he's good for a long time. Wow. Or a turtle. They don't eat that much at all. Now, like usually smaller meals. So let's say a tiny fish. And, of course, you're going to need a couple more than one. But after that, they'll be fine. They could go out without food for an entire year and not even lose weight.
0: Is that how often you feed them in captivity as well?
1: No, sir. So in captivity, depending where you go and how zoos work, uh, you can literally overfeed them because of that, because they don't need that much food. So most of the time when you see an alligator super big and wide, he's being overfed. Even if you feed them a, a, a chicken leg every single day, that's too much. Every single day.
0: A chicken leg every day is too much.
1: It's too much. Wow. You should feed that like maybe twice a week, three times a week. But of course, in captivity for shows and entertainment, and of course, like, uh, some of them come already obese and they can't go back down from that. And if you try, they're going to die. So you need to, uh, just slowly bring them down for that. And like, it just it really depends where you are and all that. But they don't eat that. Cool.
0: Very cool. So, yeah, I've seen those um, alligators in like zoos around the world where they're like look like they could barely move. Maybe their hands are like pretty much like stuck to their body. That's overfeeding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have an alligator. His name is Crusher. Uh, We do tons of training with him. I haven't done any other training other than like fake a blood test, Uh, but he is a good size alligator. He was a nuisance alligator Uh, and you can see his head is super long and like skinny. And he is like nice and slim. And what we feed him every day is chicken gizzards, which are about this big. Just like one or two? No, like a handful every day. But it's just this, and it's just almost like a piece of skin. It's not much, but he maintains a good body because we feed him that little bit every single day now every now and then we do give them like larger prey items like every month i say like once a month we give them like a big chicken or a big rabbit or whatever but for the most part it's little tiny pieces those guys don't have to eat much at all after the game they got the weight they need they don't need to eat much very cool and i assume it's the same thing for crocodiles
0: Except they're the bigger meals, so they probably go a little bit longer without eating even.
1: Yeah, yeah. For the most part, they're they're about the same. And once you overfeed them, they become too big and lazy and doesn't work the same. Also, if you look at Savvy, Savvy posted this not, well, probably like last year. She posted, her and her boyfriend posted the skull of a wild alligator next to a, a captive bred alligator. And it's crazy the difference. It looks like two different animals. Because... Yeah, yeah, the captive uh, alligator usually has a very broad head, super fat head and you can tell like everything's different. Wild alligators is a lot more slender of a snout, like of course still round, but it's skinnier of a snout. It goes forward, it's not as heavy and for the most part zoos end up overfeeding them. And of course that also comes to guests because guests get sometimes in some zoos to buy food and feed the alligators and of course the companies make money out of that. But of Very cool.
0: Okay. Okay. That's actually a great segue to my next set of questions you mentioned before. I want to talk about uh, the the whole training and the the gator training and the Mm caveman training you mentioned a few seconds ago, uh, a fake blood test.
1: Yes. So let's say a vet has to come inside, right? And Get some blood samples out of the alligator for whatever reasons. They want to check iron in the blood or whatever the heck he needs to check, right? Um, So we have trained Crusher to come to the trainer's name Wherever he points out he's gonna call his name point his finger the alligator comes to that area He tells him up he opens his mouth pretty wide and he tells him to hold And once he holds, he just freezes in place. The vet can come inside, get on the back of the tail, pick up the tail, get under the scales, put the needle, get the blood he needs, put it back down, and walk
0: away. And the gator doesn't move the whole time?
1: Not one bit. Okay. And that's mostly because of the training. But it's also safer than most zoos because in most places you will have to get on top of the alligator, put tape around his mouth, force him, uh, put ropes and all this other stuff but
0: yeah i've seen the way they do it i i know what you mean that's crazy yeah, so, so how long does it take for like for crusher let's say how long did it take him to pick up hold
1: the command hold i am not the one that trained crusher so i don't know for crusher specifically okay um i don't know how his training went and also the person that trained him is a god when it comes to training okay so he was he is really good uh But when I uh, tried to mimic similar things, when I was working at the other park, I went to Florida and I watched them and I asked other trainers and I wanted to learn myself. It it literally took me like two months to get the alligator to come up to me and open his mouth. I was never super uh, good with the hold command because the alligator I was working with, he would hold for the most part, but every now and then he would jump. I couldn't get him to stop doing that. But it took like two months to get him to come and open his mouth at least.
0: That's very interesting. And then there was probably that get, uh, that Gator you were working pr- with probably had other keepers working with it and doing other things. So if you were maybe the only one working with it, might have been a little bit
1: faster, you think? Uh, I was kind of, yeah, I was the only one working with him actually. Oh, okay. So uh, the place where I was, I was a team lead. So I got to make most of the decisions and everybody else just let me run with it. Uh, I wish I could have taught them more. Uh, Now that I have learned so much, I wish I would have taught those people more on the training because those people were really good and they could have done great with some of the training.
0: That's awesome. Okay. And then do you find that they learn faster as younger gators? Like, is it like dogs where you can, you can't teach a dog old trick or an old dog new tricks, or is it?
1: Crusher, Crusher, for example, he's a wild caught alligator. He's about what we estimate at least 50 to 60 years old. How long do gators live? Just like humans. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so he's, he's, a, he's an old boy and he can still learn it. The one I trained came from the park I used to work at, the, the main park, a big pond that separated him. They made his own enclosure. So he he didn't come from training. I literally had to train him from zero and he caught on pretty fast. Uh young ones too, like it's not they catch on to it fast. They're animals of habit. So for example, let's say a, a, a gator's on a pond. Or the swamp and they see a, a deer that swim that that comes to drink water at 7 a.m. every single morning. The alligator is gonna watch that every single morning. That deer comes to the same spot, he learns it, he goes to that spot, he comes to drink water, boom, he got some meal. So these animals, if you do things over and over again, they just memorize it and they end up saying, like, all right, after he says my name, I go there, he gives me food. He says up, I bring my head up, he gives me food. Then after that, I stay very still as he puts his hand in front of me. He gives me food. So he understands that after every command or cue, uh, he gets food after that. So it's all about the food mostly. It's very interesting. And then so because of the food and their inability to eat so much, do you train them with really small pieces or do you not train them every day or? So, uh, for Crusher, we train them every day, but we train them with, uh, what I told you the, with the little gizzards. gizzards. Yep. Chicken gizzards is what we give them instead. And every now and then we give him like a large prey item so that he can digest bone and like all the calcium and blood that comes on. that.
0: And does that big prey just come as here Crusher take, or does he have to do a bunch of commands first?
1: Uh, either way, it depends where he's at, how he feels. You can tell, like, if he's outside of water, he does not. he's not going to do any training. So we just tell him uh, up just so he can open his mouth, give it to him, and he's completely fine. Uh, sometimes if he comes with energy, then we know he wants to do some of the training, and sometimes he even wants to jump. So we get him to jump for it and things like that. It depends how he's acting. If he just seems like he's just chilling, then we just go in there and give it to him. If he right. has energy to him, then we're like, all right, he wants He wants to like spend some of that energy.
0: Okay. And like jump, you say like jump out of the water and grab it. Yep. Like the, old old Steve Irwin shows. Yep. That's very cool. Um, Okay. And then, so you said like, if he's sitting on land, you kind of just give it to him. So is it when they're on land, they're a little more lazy. They're maybe sunbathing. They don't want to do stuff.
1: Yeah. For alligators, when they're on land, they're basking. They don't care about food for the most part. They don't really care. All they care about is warming up in the sun. Now, sometimes they might eat, but alligators are so heavy. They don't like, they can't move that good on land. They're really, really heavy. Their heads are broad. So it's too heavy for him to pick all his weight up and walk. Whenever you see an alligator or even a crocodile sometimes walking, they have such short legs. You can see them like almost like wonky side to side. They don't like to spend time like that. Other than like the decent medium-sized crocodiles, which gallop, of course. But most of them just like to eat on water. They're not the best in land.
0: And then so are training and tricks the only form of enrichment that you can kind of give these animals? Because I can't imagine them like playing with a
1: toy or. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, reptiles, reptiles, reptiles are primitive animals and they don't have the capacity of like play that the reason for play is to learn to hunt. It's to learn new things from the parents and sometimes even siblings, but whenever a reptile is born, it knows what to do. They're born with the, yeah, 100%. You, know, you get a little gecko, it's born, put a cricket in front of him, he's getting it. He knows how, he knows where. A chameleon will change colors automatically, right? Like you, that's, you they don't get, that's all instinct. So mammals, they need to be taught because they're a, a more intelligent animal for the most part, because I don't have any other word than that, because uh, they're all intelligent to me, but With them, they don't – you can't put a ball and they're not going to play with it. They might try to bite it, but are they really having fun? Probably not. No,
0: they're trying trying to get food out of it.
1: Yeah, he's trying to eat it. So it's not really fun. It's almost like it will be irritating for him to play with a ball and then, like, no food comes out of it or it tastes bad. He'd be like, whatever. Uh, What we did is uh, we're doing Gator Week at my job, and we just – started testing different things. So we have a line that goes over a pond and we would put random food items in there. We put steak, we put chicken, we put a a duck, we put bread, we put bananas and like different things to see how they would react. And of course they jump for most of the things, especially the bread, the coloration of it probably resembles like a deer or something. So they went crazy, but once they bite onto it, some of them swallowed it and a lot of them just spit it out. Um that's the most enrichment we can do is getting them to jump, getting them to come to you, getting them to swim fast for the crocodiles, getting them to run a little bit. It's all exercise, but they're not really the plain type of animal. For sure. For sure. That's very interesting. So you said, I, actually, one of the questions I had
0: written down was, can you get them to eat things? other? So I've seen videos of, uh, I'm not sure if it was alligators or crocodiles eating a watermelon. So did they take the bananas? Are they, would they eat snake so other than meat or...
1: So in the wild, uh, there are records of them eating uh, rocks and sometimes fruits. The rocks is because uh, their uh, stomach can digest the rock and then it has tons of uh, minerals that uh, help clean it out like yeah uh, the, uh, the fruit doesn't like it <laughs> a meal here and there, sometimes an orange, maybe the acidity of it helps the stomach as well. Uh Let's say apples and things like that, but it doesn't benefit them. It doesn't affect them, but it doesn't benefit them either. That's like They don't care for it for the most part. They can swallow it. Nothing's going to happen, but they don't, they don't really care. They're carnivores at heart.
0: Okay. So if you left like a, a watermelon and a chicken in, in, his, in his cage or whatever, the enclosure, he'd go straight for the chicken and completely guard the watermelon.
1: He might go to the watermelon because of the coloration. They're very interested animals. Okay. They like right. to taste things and that's how people get hurt. So they'll, they'll see something, it's a cool color. They're like, all right, let's see what this is. They'll give it a bite and they'll be like, nah, I didn't like that. And they just spit it out. Then they bite the chicken and they're like, all right, this tastes better. And then they'll swallow that. So a lot of times when you see those videos, you see the, the them chomping on it. But a yeah. lot of times you don't see them swallowing it. Right, are just tasting it, trying to figure out what it is. Is this food, is it not? And then if, if it's decent, like watermelon probably tastes like water to them. So they're like, all right, I'll take this. And they just swallow it, but it's not part of the main diet. And most zoos that do it, just do it for uh, enrichment, for fun, just to uh, do experiments and things like that. But it's not part of the main deal. No. So,
0: okay, yeah, the video, you're right. The video I did see was just like a watermelon that goes.
1: And, yeah. They just clamp onto it and, just, and break it. just
0: broke into a thousand pieces. It was really cool to watch actually. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so do you guys breed any, uh, any crocodiles, gators, yes. anything at 12 Florida?
1: Uh, absolutely. So we try to keep the alligators at a minimum. Of course, we have over four millions of those guys here in Florida alone. We don't need any more. Right. Wow. Okay. So we do breed them like to uh, a small percentage of them. Uh, we focus on the crocodiles mostly. Uh, because we have some endangered species that need help. Uh, we have the Orinoco crocodiles. Hopefully they have babies. We do have albino alligators that uh, laid eggs. Uh, and those guys, of course, uh, they're not wild, and it doesn't help conservation per se, but it's it's a cool animal to have. Uh, have slender slender's not slender snot crocodile. We just don't have a male for it. We have Siamese, and we have different ones that we're going to want to breed with time.
0: Very cool. Uh, The slender snout, is that what they call the gharial? Uh, Or is it a different species?
1: So gharial, it's its own family. It's a whole different thing. That's not an alligator or a crocodile. That's its own thing. The slender snout looks almost like a gharial, just tiny.
0: Oh, how big do they get?
1: How big is that one? It's probably six feet, seven, eight depends on the gender too the one we have is like seven feet I'm not sure uh, this is the first one I've ever seen in person. I'm gonna just Google it. This is the first time I've ever yeah. seen in person
0: here I can actually Google it. What are you what, what uh
1: under snout crocodile? Yep
0: West African slender snout crocodile?
1: Yes whichever there's the one species got divided into two is what happened there. Okay cool yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah we get that every single year there's a new crocodile really? Yeah, every single year they set about one or a couple. Right now we have the New Guinea crocodile. Um, yep, that's a slendy. The one uh, bottom right, this one. Yep, that looks exactly like ours. So ours is black like that. Very cool. Yeah, this is slender snouty. Uh, but yeah, every year we get uh, like right now we have the New Guinea crocodile, which is, no, oh, no no, the crocodile's holly or Halls crocodile so that crocodile is a new species that they thought it was a new guinea crocodile but new guinea is an island right they where they're from is an island uh there are uh, mountains in the middle of the island and there are crocodiles in the north there are crocodiles in the south they look very very similar but they have different behavior different calls uh different nesting different breeding season like everything is different about those guys so they separated the north from the south we have the nile got separated into the Nile and the Succas. And uh, they were living together, and we all had them in captivity. We just didn't know they were two different species. We just couldn't wow. tell why they wouldn't breed together. They looked so similar. We couldn't breed the Nile and the Sukis because they have two different breeding seasons. So everybody that had a Nile and a Succas as a zoo, we're like, what are we doing wrong? Why are these animals not breeding together the fact was that we had two different species put together with two different breeding uh seasons and the Sucus is one of the oldest crocodiles that still lives it is actually the uh, most it is closely related to the american crocodiles in the americas even though it lives in africa so it's almost like a missing link that is still alive for like the the tree of evolution of crocodiles
0: that is so cool that is so cool. And so, when
1: did you guys discover that there were two different species? I don't know about that one. That was a couple of years ago. The most recent, like I said, is the halls. Uh, halls New Guinea crocodile is the newest one that I know. Was probably like a year or two ago. Uh, the slender style. I think last year was was divided into the western and eastern. I believe. Then the, uh, dwarf crocodile got divided into two or three. They're not sure yet. It's, it's a mess. When it comes to their species, okay. it's a mess. So one of the dwarf crocodiles, there's a population of them living inside a cave. So imagine in Africa, there's just a hole, right? Some crocodiles fell into that hole and never made it back out. So and those just- crocodiles are just breeding in there, but it happened so long ago that their genetic material doesn't match the ones from outside the cave. And also, their waters are full of uh, bat poop or bat uh, guano, Thank so you. the water is turning them red or orange. What? So, yeah, they're turning uh, to an orangish, reddish coloration. So they're—I don't know if they have made it a new species, or if they're going to, or if it's just in the process of it of becoming its own species.
0: Wow. And I'm sure that they it's always dark down there. So they probably have adapted better vision in the dark and all that. What is, uh, do you know,
1: the, the name of that, uh, Africa? Yeah. Yeah. So put orange, uh, African dwarf crocodile. That's so like, interesting. Yeah, they are just lighter. They have the red on the ear area. So yep. like this guy, so that one is just mud go up. The oh. one with the tape on is the actual one. Yep. That one right there. Oh, you can so see the a- color in the face. Yep, and it depends which individual too. Some are a lot more red than others. Okay. And then the one to the right is a regular one.
0: The oh, this one right here, okay.
1: Yeah, the one to the left is the newer one, and then the one to the right is the regular coloration for them.
0: But this, this supposedly, they were considered the same species before. Yes,
1: and it happens all the time. They get divided all the time. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I, I had no idea about those. Um, There's a lot. There's a lot of cool cracks that you probably don't even know about. Uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's, yeah. It's about, oh, this takes like 24, 25, probably more now, but it's about 24, 25 of them.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, Chucky, thank you very much for coming on, man.
1: No problemo. Thank I you. I appreciate Ryan. it.
0: No problem. Can you please let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, mostly on Instagram and
1: YouTube as mad bio reptiles.
0: I will leave those links in the description.
1: Cool beans.
0: Chucky. I will be with you in like two seconds.
1: Okay.
0: Awesome. That was episode three of Daffy's round table. Thank you all very much for tuning in. I will leave, uh, Chucky's, uh, links to everything in the description as well as my links. I am Daffy's reptiles on all platforms. Give me a follow. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the next one.